Amen. And now, if you all help me welcome our Pastor Matt. He has the word for today. Pastor Matt, to the platform. Amen. Well, good morning to everyone. I'm excited to continue this series that Pastor Joe has been um, preaching on the last couple of weeks, and we're in part three, and it's called Faith for Today. And guys, you know, this is something that's just really been stirring on my heart probably the last 15 minutes. I made that sound like I was about to say for weeks. <laughs> for like the last 15 minutes as we were, we were talking, and I'm thinking about um, the message. And, and I'll be talking about this throughout the message, but guys, this right here, the Word of God, is life. We need to know what this book says. If you're not familiar with the Word of God, you need to get familiar with it and make it a priority in your life. And we're going to be talking about that today, but God has given us this, and this is inspired by him. Amen? You know, I talk to a lot of people, and, you know, there's, there's times, you know, we go through seasons, I guess. I don't know. There's times in prayer where maybe you're praying, and you feel like <clears throat> you're hearing from God a lot, right? And then there's times you're praying, and maybe you feel like, I don't hear, I'm not hearing from God. Listen, God is always speaking. You just need to open this book. Amen? He is always speaking to us. But listen... Faith for today, and we've been talking about this, having a everyday faith, not just a faith when um, an obstacle comes, which we need faith when things come, amen? But when we live with an everyday faith, um, the light switch will already be on, so to say. Now, if, if, you, if you don't, then the light switch is off, your light switch of faith is off, and something comes up, flick that light switch on, <laughs> Build yourself up. But when we live a life of faith, it is a lot easier when things come. Because why? We're living that everyday faith. Amen? And we're going to be talking about that. We're living what's an everyday faith. Well, it gets you up in the morning with an expectancy of seeing God do another miracle. And the most exciting thing is, is he does. Amen? Waking up every day in faith of Lord, this is not an ordinary day. You know, that is something that I have... Um, trained myself, I guess, so to say, the last number of years. Because, listen, depending on maybe your schedule when it comes to work or things exciting, right, there's days that you naturally look forward to more than others, right? It's just a natural thing. But no day is just an ordinary day to God. Amen? We have to have the faith of, I don't care if it's Monday, I don't care if it's Friday, I don't care if it's, it's Sunday, Lord, my faith is on. I have an everyday faith. Lord, I'm living by faith to you, expecting to see you move today in every area of my life. That has been my prayer the last month, every single morning is, Lord, I want to see you in every facet, facet of my day. I want to know you're there in every area of my day. And I'm going to, what happens? We have to live with an expectancy of that, right? An expectancy of God. It's not a normal day, whether I'm at the gym, whether I'm at my job. Lord, if you put somebody in my path, I'm going to speak to them. Lord, whatever it may be, Father, if I need to pray for somebody, I'm going to pray for them. Listen, God is the one who calls us to get out of the boat and to step out on the water. He holds the everyday miracles in his hands. Amen? Amen. But we have to seek him. You know, the message of Hebrews 10.23, the message really is let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. Why? Because God always keeps his word. We see that. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. Because why? God always keeps his word. And he always keeps his word. So what? We need to know his word. Amen? 
We need to know the promises that he's keeping. And every day, here's the thing, and this starts in the morning, we are allowed, we are to allow our faith to what? To put us into a position of receiving. Amen? Start that first thing in the morning. Lord, I'm positioning myself today to receive all that you have for me. I'm positioning myself today to receive your grace by faith that I need for this day. I'm positioning myself, Lord, today in the morning to receive the wisdom by faith that I'm going to need for today, the strength that I'm going to need, whatever it may be, the anointing that I'm going to need. And you may be thinking, well, Pastor Matt, if I I believe if God really wants me to have something, then he's just going to give it to me. I want to read a quote by Andrew Womack, and he's a great Bible teacher. And he says something, and it's it's a little bit, so stick with me. But he says this. He says, if you really believe that God controls everything, what's the use of doing anything? After all, it's all up to God, right? If you believe that God is trying to teach you something through sickness or poverty, why see a doctor or look for a good job? Why not suffer as much as you can and really learn the lesson? He says, that is a terrible doctrine. The Bible says that in the last days, people will call evil good and good evil. The denominations today are teaching that when you get sick or experience financial problems, God is causing it so that he could teach you something or humble you. That is an example of calling evil good. And then he says, which we know in, in, 3, John, uh, chapter, in 3 John 2, he says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper and be in all things in health and be in health just as your soul prospers. Amen. There's a, um, he's a Bible teacher at uh, Rama Bible College, Kirk Dubois. He's actually here, I don't know, I think it's been a year ago, a couple months ago, and he spoke on the weekend, and he says something very powerful. He says, faith is a response to what God has already said. Amen. Amen. Faith is a response to what God has already said. Listen, God isn't giving, how do I make sure I word this right? God isn't giving new promises. What I mean by that is he might give a promise to you that's new to you, but all of the promises are in his word. So when you're believing for something, you only say, well, I need to wait for God to say that. No, the, his word is his promises. Amen. All of his promises are in the word of God. And that's why I'm talking about. It's so important to know this word. So if you're going through sickness and you need healing, the promises are in his word. Amen. If you're going through financial problems, the promises are in his word. If you're suffering with fear, the promises are in his word. You don't need to wait for God to make a new promise. It's in his word. You need to know what it is. Amen. So you know what to put your faith in. You need to know what his word says because it's faith is our response to what he has already said in his word. Amen. So we need to know, and then what? We need to respond to it. And how do we respond to it? We need to respond in faith, not doubting in faith. Now, sometimes that take, might take you a little bit of time to build that up. And that's why you need to find out what the word says. You need to meditate on the word. You need to stay in prayer and build your faith up and then respond in faith to God. This is what your word has said. And your promises are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. And you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And your word does not fail, Lord. And I'm positioning myself to respond to what your word says. Amen. Hebrews 11, chapter 1 and 2. It says, uh, not chapter 1 and 2, I'll be reading for a couple minutes, verses 1 and 2. It says, now faith is the confidence, faith is confidence of what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So that's important there because, right, when we're believing for something, we might not see it right away, right? 
He says, this is what the ancients were commended for. Now, the original Greek for verse 2, it says, for by it, faith, the men of the past were approved by God. For by faith, they were approved by God. So just imagine that we are actually approved by God when what? When we display, when we speak, or when we walk in faith. Amen. So we see three things there that we are approved by God when we what? When we display our faith, when we, we speak our faith, and when we walk in, our, in faith. And, you know, walk in faith, and we might be thinking, of, you know, okay, Pastor Matt, what does that mean? Well, honestly, that's just, you could look at it a simple way as you're being obedient to the promise of God. You're speaking it, you're believing it, and you're walking in it. Amen? Yes, Hebrews 11, uh, chapter, chapter 11, verse 6. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. So we know that faith is a big deal to God. It says it's impossible to please him without faith. It says, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, that God is who he says he is, right? And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Again, faith is defined by what? Fully trusting God. Trusting God, trusting in the character of God, trusting in the promises of God. So we could really say, in other words, believing without wavering or without doubting that God has already done what he has promised. So when a situation comes up, we need to fully trust in God, not waver, not doubt. And again, you might be sitting here and struggling and going, Pastor Matt, I do waver. Sometimes I do doubt. That, yeah, honestly, if, we're all, if we were to be honest with each other, we all experience that in, in some way, right? I've been a Christian for, God, I should have thought the answer before I, before I proposed that sentence. I have to do a little bit of math here. All right, it was 2012, so like almost 11 and a half years. And to this day, if something comes up, will I experience sometimes a little doubt? Absolutely. But when that happens, I know, okay, I need to see what God's word says. I need to spend some time. I need to build myself up. I need to build my trust. I'm fully trusting in him. Amen. And I think for all of us, there's certain areas, right? I know there's certain areas in my life where, I'll be honest, I don't really experience fear. I don't experience doubt when something comes up. And there's other areas that I do. And I know those are the areas that I need to strengthen the foundation. I need to go really see what God's word says. I need to seek him. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. I need to spend some time meditating on those scriptures, building my faith in those scriptures, building my faith in that area. Amen. Again, faith is our response to what God has provided us by his grace. And, and what is the evidence that we can know that we're in faith? Because maybe you're wondering, what's, okay, well, what's the evidence if I know I'm in faith? Well, faith is evidenced by what? By our speech and by our actions that show that we are actually believing and trusting God. So if you're believing for something <clears throat> and you're saying, <clears throat> I need to get in faith in this. And then you notice that all your words are completely opposite of what you are believing for. That is a signal right there of, okay, I need to, number one, I need to stop saying the opposite of what I'm believing for. Because that's just going to get in my mind, get in my heart that doubt, fear, whatever it may be. So what I need to go back to the word. I need to get into his word and I need to build my faith up. Amen. And our actions, are we being obedient to the word? Are we, are we trusting the word? You know, one scripture that I absolutely um, love and, and is um, Isaiah 26, 3. 
He says, God, he says, I will keep those in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on me, stayed on me, right? So we have a promise of peace there, right? But there is action on our part. You can't just read Isaiah 26, 3 and say, Lord, you say that I'm going to have perfect peace. Why am I not peaceful? We said whose mind is stayed on him. So if you want that peace, there's a promise there. And the action of that faith is, I need to fix my mind on God. I need to fix my mind on him and his word. If you fix your mind on everything else but God, listen, is it possible that you still may have peace? Sure, anything's possible with God. But more than likely, you're not going to be in peace. And then you can't be like, well, God, your word says this, and I'm not in peace. But we're not putting action into what his word says. Because it says, for those whose mind, what, is stayed on him. So when we fix our mind on him, we can experience peace. Amen? So faith is evidenced by our speech and our actions that, we're, that show that we are believing and trusting in him. Listen, when God spoke to Noah, we know the story about Noah and warned him of the flood to come. Listen, it took Noah faith to respond. It, had to, he had to, it took faith for Noah to respond. He would have had to believe God for what? For wisdom, for strength, and for help to build that ark. We know that he, he built the ark, right? And then God preserved, preserved him, preserved his family. And how do we know that he operated in faith? Because he actually went and built the ark. He took action. In other words, he took action based on what God had said. God told him, no, you're going to build this ark. And God didn't even just tell him. He gave them the blueprint. He gave him literally how to build it, everything he would need, the measurements and everything. But Noah had to put his, um, faith in what God had said. And by faith, he had to take action. And, you know, let me tell you something. You know, sometimes we read the Bible, and if you read the story of Noah, and it could just happen pretty quick when we talk about the flood and building the ark. But a lot of scholars will say, when it came to Noah building the ark, scholars say it took anywhere from 55 to 75 years to build the ark. There's some that even think it took longer. From my research, some people say maybe 100. But from the majority of people that I was reading, from scholars say about 55 to 75 years to build this ark. That is a step of faith right there. That God says, hey, a flood's going to come. I'm wiping everything out. But you and your family are going to be protected. You got to get some animals as well, all this stuff. But I need you to do this. This is how you're going to be protected. You need to put your faith in me because I'm going to hold true to my word. You're going to be protected, but I need you to build this ark. 55 to 75 years every day as he's building that to have faith in God. And he's putting his action. Listen, I want to quit quit after 20 minutes trying to put something from Ikea together, okay? <laughs> my wife, when she buys stuff like that, I'm in my mind, I'm like, oh, God. You know, like, when I know she's like, oh, I bought something. I bought a dresser, and I'm like, okay, I mean, I got to put something together, okay. And then, uh, yeah, anyway, it's bad, but <laughs> I want to quit, right? But 55 to 75 years, that's faith. That's action. That's trusting in what God said. And we see that he operated in that because he did. He built the ark. Now, to stay in Genesis, but to go from Noah to Abram, who became Abraham. Now, we're gonna go to, I want to go to Genesis 12, and we're going to be in verse 1, starting in verse 1. We're going to look at the first three verses. So at this point, Ab it's a Abram. He has not become Abraham yet. And it says, Now the Lord <coughs> had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. 
and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So we see here that Abram, he's receiving a promise from God, right, in these verses. He's receiving a promise from God, but there's action that he will need to take for these promises to come to pass. And that action is going to take faith. Why? Because it's going to take faith for Abram to leave all that he is familiar with. All that he was comfortable. All that has at that point produced wealth in his life. To what? To leave and to follow God and to follow where God is telling him to go. And what did he do? He did it. He did what God told him to do. He left. And Abram is what? We know him as Abraham. And we know that what? He is the father of faith, we call him, right? The father of faith. And how do we know that he really had faith in God? Well, let's go to verse 4. Verse 4 in Genesis 12. It says, so Abram departed. He left all that he was familiar with. He left where he was from, what he was comfortable with, as the Lord had spoken to him. So the Lord spoke. Abraham obeyed. And Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Now, remember what we were talking about just a few minutes ago, because we could see this playing out right now in Abram's life, that the evidence that we have faith is in our words, right, and in our actions. And we see here that Abram, what? He took that action, and because he stepped out in faith, we know the story. It's written for us. The story has has happened. All that God promised became a reality in his life. Amen. Everything that God promised, it became a reality in his life. Why? Because he stepped out in faith. He put action to what God told him to do. And many years after he responded and obeyed God's command, we now we have recorded for us um, his household steward, or you could say his manager's assessment of Abraham's blessings, because those blessings came to pass in his life. And I want to look at those blessings. And so Genesis chapter 24 now, uh, verses 34 and 35, he says, I am Abraham's servant, he explained, and the Lord has greatly blessed my master. He has become a wealthy man. The Lord give, has given him flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, a fortune in silver and gold, and many male and female servants and camels and donkeys. We could see from this, Abraham has been blessed. Amen. And listen, we see his wealth included now. He has livestock. He has food. He has commodities for trade. In that time, obviously, it was a lot of trading. He has the sheep, the goats, the cattle. It says he has silver and gold. Um, he has um, male and female uh, workers, servants. He has transportation, camels and donkeys. Right? He got that 2024 20, camel going, you know. Just kidding. But there is so much more than just that, though. We see that, and that's some natural stuff, blessings that came to pass in his life. But there's so much more to what we call the blessings of Abraham. All right? Abraham got a blessing of a new beginning. God said, to a land that I will show you, and a, a lifestyle of unending hope, unlimited horizons. He got mighty descendants as God spoke to him. He, God told him, I will make you a great nation. And that happened. And Abraham had mighty descendants and everything that he accomplished lives on after he was gone. Amen. And that could be a promise for us as well. 
personal blessings. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. The satisfaction of you get to enjoy what? The fruit of your labors. Abraham also became a source of blessing. I will bless those who bless you, right? We can get that too. We experience what? The joy of giving. Why? It's an extension of God's heart here on earth. It's a blessing, when, right? When we um, are able to bless somebody, that's a blessing for us, amen? Personal, he got personal and family protection. I will curse him who curses you. We could um, take that promise as well to know that we could proceed in following God's plan for our life without fear of danger, amen? To know that God is our protector, and honestly, most important, one of the biggest blessings, not the biggest, the biggest blessing Abraham had is the Messiah would come through his lineage, right? It says, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And the kingdom of God is further established in the hearts of people. What? As God works through our lives. That's a promise for us as well, right? We, when God works through our life, we could expand his kingdom here on earth. And finally, it is because of God's blessing on Abraham that what? The Holy Spirit is available to us. Galatians, now we're going to the New Testament here. And Paul is writing Galatians and he counts back to Abraham. And he says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Praise God that we have the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us when we receive Jesus as the Lord of our life. Amen. We have the Spirit of God in us, the Holy Spirit, which brings with him all the supernatural qualities of God the Father, right? That's unlimited possibilities as well. We, we get the love of God shed inside of us himself. Security, what? That, that we will spend eternity in heaven when we're sealed with his Spirit. It's all available to us. Why? Because Jesus opened the door for us to receive him by faith. Amen. When Jesus came and Jesus came, he obeyed what he had to do here on earth. He died for us. He suffered for us. He died. He was buried. He rose again. And we can respond in faith to receiving him as our Lord and Savior and then having that promise of eternity with God the Father. Amen. Amen. Now, We've looked a lot about Abraham, and we've seen that he had promises. Those promises came to pass in his life. Amen. But what qualified him for those great blessings? Well, his unshakable faith in God, his trust in God, his obedience to what God said. You know, God receives glory when we cooperate with him. Amen when we trust in him and we, when we walk in confidence with him. He receives glory. God, listen, we need to cooperate with him. We need to trust in him. We need to walk in confidence in him each and every day. That is something we have to do, not just when um, an emergency arises, that should be how we live each and every day, that God, I'm going to cooperate with you today because I don't know what you have for me today, but you do. You know, this is just a, a personal um, example. This was just a few days ago, so it just popped in my mind. Um, I was praying in the morning. Again, God, I want to see you in every facet of this day, right? Um, 
et cetera. I want to see you in every facet of this day. And I had a chance then to, to put it into practice, but what we need to cooperate with him. So, um, what day was it? Wednesday. So it was Wednesday. Um, I'm leaving to come here for work. And to be honest, I'm running a little late. We got a newborn at the house now and all that stuff, right? So yeah. it was a little bit, it's a little, it was a little bit harder to get out of the house. So I'm, I'm pulling out of my driveway and my mind is just like, I'm okay, Matt, I got to go. And I'm driving and I see my neighbor outside. And I'm be honest, the last thing I want to do in this moment is talk to somebody. <laughs> just going to be 100% honest. I really don't, right? I'm just like, okay, I need to go. I need to hit the parkway. I see my neighbor and I haven't talked to him in a while. Um, not super long, maybe like a month, which is it's kind of long, but obviously we've been busy the last couple of weeks. We've been in the house a lot with the baby, et cetera. Um, so I see him in his driveway. So I stop, it's my next door neighbor. And I just roll down my window. Cause I literally, as I was driving, I felt just, I didn't know. All I heard was say hi, that's it. So I just pulled, I said, Hey, how's it going? And then he, so then he said hi. And then he starts walking to my car and in my mind, I'm like, oh, you know, And he comes and, and he asks me, because he knows we're having, did you have the baby? Yeah, we had the baby. So he says, congratulations. So I'm just thinking it's going to be quick. We're just saying um, hello and all that stuff. And then he goes on because he knows, because I've talked to him in the past. He knows that I'm a pastor. He knows that I'm a Christian. And he, he's a believer uh, too. He says, you know, he says he is. I was able to tell him about Jesus. And he says, he says, I'm, hey, you know, I'm really, um, if you can keep me in your prayers. And he just got a bad diagnosis from the doctor about something. So we stopped. I got to talk to him. I got to encourage him. Then I got to pray with him. I said, can I pray with you? He said, absolutely. So I got out of the car, prayed with him. And he was, you know, thank you so much and stuff. And it's something like that. It might not seem like a huge thing, but it's cooperating with God. Amen. God did not um, take my foot and jam it on the brake to stop in front of his house. I had to cooperate with God, even for something as simple as say hi to somebody, because we don't know. But that's why we have to live with an everyday faith of, Lord, I'm trusting in you. I'm going to cooperate with you while I'm here. I'm trusting in you and everything. I'm going to walk in confidence in you. Amen? Amen. So I want to go to Romans now. Again, we're in the New Testament, and now Paul's writing, and he's writing about Abraham. He's writing about Abraham. He's writing about Abraham's faith. And again, what qualified Abraham for this great blessing, his unshakable faith in God. So he's writing about Abraham. We're going to look at Romans chapter 4, verses 19 through 22. It says, and not being weak in faith. So, okay, so in case you don't know, so Abraham was promised a son, right? He says, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. And he was promised a son from Sarah. They were very old and that had not happened yet. But God promises and Abraham believed God. He said Abraham would go out. He would even look at the, the stars in the sky and say, this is great. My descendants are going to be. He believed God because it did not happen overnight. It took years and years and years and years and years for this promise to come to pass. And it says, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Why did he not consider his own body? Because he was old. That's why. Okay. In natural thing, he wouldn't be like, yeah, I'm about to have a kid. But he did not consider his own body. He did not consider the natural circumstance. It says his, his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. She was older as well. It says he did not waver though at the promise of God through unbelief, but was what? Strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he, God had promised, he, God was also able to perform. So can we go back to verse 21 there? 
Abraham's faith isn't in something that he could perform, that he could make happen. He was convinced that what God had promised, God was able to perform. And then verse 22, bless you. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Listen, something that really stands out to me about this passage of Scripture, because again, this promise from God from for a son and that he would be a father of many nations, this is not something that happened overnight. This was years and years and years and years. But throughout all of these years of waiting, for in the natural, seemingly what would look like the impossible, right? Abraham's, it says his faith grew stronger, not weaker. While he what? Continued to give glory to God. That's powerful. And we need to not forget the most important thing, that all our faith, our hope, and our trust would what? It would be useless if not for what? The faithfulness of God, right? And that faithfulness is the result of his deep, deep love for us. And what does it mean to be faithful? What does it mean to be, uh, that, what does it mean that God is faithful? Well, when we say God is faithful, it means that what? He is completely trustworthy, he is perfectly faithful. The prophet Isaiah wrote, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name. For in perfect faithfulness, you have done marvelous things, things planned long ago. Listen, we need to know this because, again, it's an everyday faith, an everyday expectation. And we need to believe that God is faithful and that we could always rely on him and trust in him. Amen? You can rely on him and trust in him. If you get a bad diagnosis from the doctor, you can rely on him and trust in him. If you have a meeting at work that you're worried about, that you have a presentation, whatever it may be, it's an everyday faith. It's, 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 it's putting your faith in God for every area of your life. God's faithfulness, faithfulness means he will never abandon us even if we deny him. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. Thank God we have a compassionate God. Amen. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So listen, as I'm closing here, do we have a part to play in receiving the promises of God? Yes, we do. Going back to it, you need to know what this word says. You need to know what you're putting your faith in. Before you even know what you're putting your faith in, you need to know who you're putting your faith in, okay? You need to know the character of God and his goodness. Why? Because if you don't truly know him, it's going to be hard for you to believe his promises. So that's first and foremost. If you don't truly know God yet, you need to know him. You need to spend time with him. You need to learn about his character, learn about his faithfulness. Why? Because when you see the promises, you will know the promise keeper before the promises. Amen? You know, it's, it's easy for me, if my wife promises me something, it's easy for me to believe that she is going to do what she says. Why? Because I have a relationship with her. I know when she says something, she's going to do it. If I met a stranger, somebody I didn't know, and they promised me something, I might go, well, I hope they'll do it. But that's not me really putting my faith in them. Why? Because I don't know them. I don't know their, their track record. I don't know if I'll ever even see them again, maybe, right? So there's a difference. You need to know the promise keeper so then you can put your faith in his promises. So again, do we have a part to play in receiving the promises of God? Absolutely. But can we make it happen on our own? Absolutely not. 
It all comes back to what? The love that God has for us. It all comes back to the cross and to the greatest outpouring of love. It all comes back to Jesus. If you want to talk about a promise keeper, who God is, God promised that from the very first book in the Bible that he would send his son to redeem us from our sins. And he did. Amen? All the promises of God are based on what Jesus endured on the cross for every single one of us. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So in the areas of your life where you know maybe something's going on, do you believe? And then will you take action based on that belief? And you know, maybe you're here this morning, and the first thing's first. You've never put your faith in Jesus. Do you believe that Jesus is who he says he is? Do you believe that he is the son of God? Do you believe that he went to the cross and died for you and rose again? Will you take action based upon that belief? Will you ask him to be the Lord of your life, to come be the savior of your life? Amen. Why don't we all stand up? I want to make sure, I feel strongly that, that if there is anybody in here that has never made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, that you have that opportunity to. And after we do that, we're actually going to end with a, a song so we can kind of go out of here singing out to God, building up our faith and rejoicing. Um, but if you're here this morning, and like I just said, if you do believe that Jesus is God's son. You believe that he went to the cross for your sins and he died for you and he rose again and you've never asked him to be the Lord of your life. I want to give you that chance to put that action of asking him to be the Lord of your life. Romans tells us, Romans 10 verses 9 and 10, that if you believe about Jesus, those things, it says when we believe that and we confess that, we repent of our old ways, we confess that salvation has come. Again, we talked about the Holy Spirit. It says the Holy Spirit seals you on the inside, seals you for eternity. Amen. You become a child of God. You become a new creation in Christ. And those promises are yours in Christ Jesus. So why don't we all bow our heads and shut our eyes? And I just want to lead us, I'll lead us all in that salvation prayer. We could pray this together. But no, if you are praying this for the first time, there is about to be a supernatural thing that happens in your life. You are going to go from supernatural death to life, to life in Christ Jesus, to becoming a child of God. Amen. Why? Because you're putting your faith in the one who has saved us. We're not putting our faith in something to come. We're putting our faith in an event that already happened. Because Jesus did come. He did die for us. He went to the cross and he did rise again. So let's pray this prayer. Father, I come before you today acknowledging that I need a Savior. I repent of my old ways. And Jesus, I ask you today to come be the Lord of my life. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again and I surrender my life to you. I thank you that you have now made me a child of God, a new creation, and I'm going to follow you all of my days. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Well, church, listen, we're going to worship, but when we're done with this worship song and, and then everyone's dismissed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, please do not walk out these doors. Come up to the front. Let one of our prayer workers know you gave your life to Jesus. Why? It's important because we have a Bible for you. We have some uh, resources for you. Why? Because again, you have promises now in Jesus and we want to help you know what those promises are. We want to start you on this journey that you have with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's worship.